0: Hello and welcome to Season 3, Episode 6 of the Sajan Photography Podcast. My name is Jason Teal, and today we're going to diverge a little bit from the previous topics that we've covered in the last couple of episodes and seasons. And I kind of want to talk about something that Simon brought up in the last interview, and that was actually putting the work and time into getting a foothold in the market here. And that's something that even myself I've struggled with over time, simply trying to get further ahead and getting frustrated because. I'm not making the gains that I think I should be. I want to kind of go over that because recently I've been getting a few television spots here and there, and I've heard a couple of people murmur about, oh, it's because you're a foreigner or something like that. And really and truthfully, there could be a little bit of privilege in there. But what I think mostly it is, is the fact that I have put the time in to become quote, the photographer, as Simon put it, and I'm going to stretch that out a little bit later on, but you get what I'm sort of putting down here that I'm going to be talking today a little bit more about what you need to do to actually get in touch with these people to network and to hopefully further your career as a photographer here in Korea. So what got me thinking about this episode was something that Simon said during our interview. And he was talking about how he got on the cover of National Geographic magazine. And he was going all the way back to how he got started with photography. And he mentioned the concept that I will kind of coin here, which is becoming the photographer. And in his area of Suncheon, he became the photographer. And I remember him going out to all the places like the bay and everything like that, and getting these amazing shots. Shots that represented the city, shots that represented the area, and shots that represented Korea. He became the photographer. And so when people were talking about that city, and Chan is not a really well-known city in Korea at all, but when they talked about it, they would inevitably find his work. And that is how... When someone was looking for a photo for this project, his name came up. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. If you're just starting out here in Korea and you're thinking, oh, why, why am I not getting this stuff? How much work are you actually putting into it? And these are the tough questions that I've struggled with myself. And I'm not coming at this as a authority, because I am still working my way through it. I am still sitting back going, hey, why is that guy getting more traction than I do? And if you go all the way back to the first episode that I recorded, where I talk about you know getting criticism, that was exactly what I was dealing with so many years ago was that I was looking at other people thinking, why are they getting so much more traction on their projects than I do? And when I posed that question to Chase Jarvis, he threw it back in my face and was like, you're not putting in the effort. And by effort, what he was referencing was something to do with his other 50% concept. And I've gone on a little bit about this, but Basically what I want to touch on in the first part of this podcast is the fact that number one, you should be putting in the time and work. Stuff like this takes time and it's not going to happen overnight. To put this into perspective, I recently did a TV commercial which bizarrely is airing on many of the major networks here in Korea. And much to my surprise, this only came about because of my work with my other site, which is Ulsan Online. So for almost a decade now, I've been running around the city trying to photograph the tourist sites and provide services that help new people in the city of Ulsan. And over that time, we have gathered a group of probably about, I think, just over 10,000 group members in the Facebook group alone. Now, going back Even further, I have been photographing the city of Ulsan since pretty much the time I've got here, maybe a little bit later once I got my uh, first DSLR camera. So that means I think probably closer to 18 years, I have been documenting the city of Ulsan and putting it online. So now, just now, I am getting some sort of notoriety And it's not much like this TV commercial that's being aired all across the country. I think I don't even think I got paid for that yet. And you have to understand that like it's not going to come overnight if you're still editing using like, I don't know, Snapseed or the iPad editor, you're not going to be producing the kinds of quality that is required to shoot a major campaign. Okay. So, going back to this thing of like, well, you know, how come you get It's because for the past almost 2 decades, I have been grinding out and getting, you know, major projects sometimes, but not every day. And I think that I want to really drive that home that I am not alone in this. A lot of the photographers that I have talked to, you know, some have been quite successful but others have been grinding their gears trying to get that foothold trying to carve away into a market that is predominantly Korean again you know yeah sometimes you hit lucky and because you're a foreigner people may like you but other times it works against you. They don't want to deal with you. That comes into play here. So it's a hard nut to crack sometimes. And you can't just go and take pictures in the park and hopefully have something come about that will get you a $1,000 magazine article or a contract with a major publisher. So getting into this sort of the second point, I want to bring up the fact that Most of the people that I have interviewed on this podcast and many that I consider friends have been putting a lot of time into sort of building these networks and their sites and their body of work that gets them the attention from companies either outside of Korea looking for something in Korea or in Korea looking for something a little different. Now, when I talked to Greg Samborski years ago, he was going hardcore into his site, putting a ton of metadata tags and anything that he could to get eyes on his site. And if you look at the work of Roy Cruz or Dylan Goldby, you'll see the same thing. It'll pop up in the search results. If you type in "soul photographer, guaranteed one of those guys will come up within the first three results. And they want that. They're not just doing this by chance. They're not just throwing out a website and standing with their arms above it going, I have built this, they will come. It takes work. And this is something that I, again, have struggled with because I am one of those guys that I put out the website and I say, okay, it's going to happen. And nothing did. And even going back with the National Geographic I should have done something more with that. I should have put in the time, but instead I got printed and I just stood back going, okay, now they're going to come. Now they're going to come. And they didn't come because I wasn't doing anything with it. So you can see there what I'm getting at. Guys like Dylan and others put the work into their sites and into their photos and it gets eyes. And that's just one part of the puzzle. It's not, you know, that you can't just tag yourself sole photographer and have an international company come in. They're actually then building up the work, going out even if it's not paying anything to get the work to put onto the site and they're regularly updating it. They're on Instagram or LinkedIn or wherever they want their clients to be And they're pushing it because again, you're not going to get something from nothing. If you're just going out and taking some pretty pictures and then just putting it on Instagram with a couple of tags, no one's going to see it. One of the things that Simon brought up in the interview was something I found very interesting. He mentioned that he went to the offices of Singapore Airlines and pitched an article for their in-flight magazine. Now, if you're not sure what this is all about, in-flight magazines typically pay quite well for good travel stories. And back in the day, like this is going back maybe 10 years, they were all the rage. If you were working on something in Korea, the only way that I think you could really get some good money from your travel photos was these in-flight magazines. So pitching it to them was a better way than just waiting for them to come to you because honestly... The money was so lucrative back then, everybody and their dog was trying to get into the in-flight magazines. So going to the offices while you're traveling through Singapore is a smart idea. It just gets your name out and it probably could get you into their index of people who they contact when they need photos of Korea. Simon took the initiative to actually reach out and find people. Now, I myself have emailed people and never really heard back, but it's better than just standing you know with your arms at your hips proudly showing off your photo of Bulguksa, hoping that someone's going to come and pay you a thousand dollars for the article in the story it's, it's not going to happen you have to put something behind it and if you can't find anybody here you go to the source and i think that's what i really found inspiring about simon's story there The next thing I really want to talk about is another aspect of sort of getting your foothold. When you are taking pictures of places like Suncheon or Ulsan, they're really not known for beautiful photography outside of Korea. And this was one of the things that I really sort of honed in on in the last, say, decade or so. I really wanted to be something of a travel photographer, but I thought that the only way to do that is to share photos from Seoul and Gyeongju and all of these places. But if you're in an area where you know you can get some good photos, make it your passion to highlight that particular area. The reason being is is that, again, going back to my own body of work, if someone searches for photos of Ulsan in English especially, they're going to come across my photos in some way, shape, or form. And I've done that deliberately and also just because when I need to go out and get photos, I live in Ulsan. The places where I go are in Ulsan. And I'm constantly trying to increase my skill level. So the quality of photos are going to be the same as those ones that you see up in Seoul, maybe on some level, but they're of Ulsan. And the key point of that is that I've made it sort of my niche. I've carved out my own niche for this. So when people are looking for Ulsan photos, which doesn't happen that often, but it does happen occasionally, they're going to come to me. And I think that's sort of the thing. Like if you are, say, a portrait photographer, or if you're, you're looking for something to photograph, then Look at how you can find a niche in that market and really put some time into it. So this has got me places like right around the pandemic area. I was working with one of the film festivals here where they were ready to bring down the Ambassador of Canada. They had this whole gala event planned. They wanted to showcase my photos and then boom, the COVID hit. But again, the only reason I got this opportunity was because... They were looking for good photos of the area. This is the Mountain Film Festival. So I had a lot of photos from a magazine article I did. And I actually produced some cinemagraphs from it. So when they came across this, and they also found out I was Canadian they were quite happy to bring me on board. Now, if I was just simply taking pictures of random things around the city, I'm pretty sure that they wouldn't have cared or even reached out and contacted me. But because I had built up that body of work and I had the photos that they were looking for, that's why they wanted to kind of come and meet me and talk with me. So I think that's something you have to think about is building up that sort of level of, of photo work that you can show people that says that you are based here. This is your niche or something. Now, the last thing I want to talk about is just sort of going on with the other 50% that Chase Jarvis mentioned. Again, building your network doesn't just mean posting to Korean photography groups and hoping that it gets a lot of likes. That's just... You know, you're preaching to the choir. Everybody in that group is a local photographer. And if they, you know, clap and say woo-woo, that gets you nowhere, really. So the point I want to say is, is that when you have an opportunity, when you see something that comes up, jump on it. So for an example of that, recently I've been in touch with an app called Guru Shots. And I've been using them for a year. Funny part about this was I saw that they were doing a gallery show in Seoul. And I knew that I really wanted to be a part of this, not because I thought I would get famous, but I wanted to be sort of in contact with this company because I know that apps like this are gaining a lot of notoriety. There's a lot of competition in the market and being quote unquote, one of their ambassadors, you're looking to make a lot more contacts. So I pushed really hard to get actually printed in the gallery, which I did. And then when I saw that they were looking for a photographer or somebody to host the gallery night and do the live event on their Facebook stream, I jumped at the opportunity. Now, this may seem crazy. It's maybe even worthless, but what it did was put me in touch with one of their executives or the person in charge of running these galleries and we had a zoom call a little while ago and everything went quite well and you can see how now I've been building up this new contact with a company that I believe is based out of Tel Aviv or somewhere like that and that's the same thing I sort of did with Flixel. I had started working with them in around 2014 I believe and I built up this relationship with the people who are in the company. It took many years to actually build up a working relationship with this company until the time that they needed somebody in Korea to work with them on a project for the Olympics. you see that? It wasn't as if I just started using the product and boom, suddenly they handed me a big contract. No, I had worked with them for many years. I had built up trust and whatnot with these companies so that they knew that I could pull off the job. And even then they probably weren't sure that I could, but I put 110% into that project and pulled it off to somewhat of a success. What I'm trying to say here is that this project took four years of building trust and working with a company in order to actually just get that project. So If you're thinking of that, you can somehow wrangle a deal with some company that wants to pay you money with just a simple portfolio or something. It doesn't always work like that unless you're really good. And if you are, all the power to you. But again, it takes a long time and a lot of skill to get to that level. Also, you have to think about going back to the guru shots thing that I did Sometimes you just have to jump on the opportunity when it comes up and having the skill and being ready, that's what's going to get you ahead of the pack of people who are just wanting something for nothing. And trust me when I say that there are a lot of people out there that are decent photographers, but are looking for something with the minimum required skill or talent. And if you have a lot of talent, if you're a great photographer, if you hone your skills, then you have to be ready to jump in on these experiences or even just take a risk at having nothing happen whatsoever. And again, going back to that Guru Shots thing, nothing probably will happen. You know, like, I mean, again, getting published in National Geographic, nothing really happened there, probably because I didn't push it. But the whole thing revolves around your willingness to jump at the chance and build these connections. When I talk to some people, they are expecting something to happen from their nothing. And it, the world just doesn't do it like that. And I'm not talking about working for free either. You know, if you're just simply giving people your photos for free, you're never going to get anywhere other than being a free photographer. What I'm saying is, is that when you're seeing these opportunities, again, say, looking back at some of the coolest things I've done. You know, years ago, Seoul had a lot of workshops that they partnered with National Geographic. And had I not seen these opportunities and had I not reached out to guys like Lee MacArthur, who were on the inside track of these events, then I would have never been able to participate in them. I would have never met you know, amazing photographers like Lee MacArthur himself and the National Geographic photographers and the editors that I managed to sit down and have coffee with. So you can see how these things come together. Sometimes it's going to be fruitful. Other times it's just going to turn up nothing. But the thing that I want to stress to you at the tail end of this podcast is that you keep doing it, that you keep jumping on these opportunities and you keep making those amazing photos and you keep pushing forward with your craft. So as I finish off what seems to be a long rant, I just want to say that your success depends on you. So I think that's what's basically I've been trying to say with this podcast is that if you're simply just putting out photos or putting it on Reddit or somewhere and just throwing your hands up in the air and saying, all right, bitches, come on, you're not going to get anywhere. So What I'm trying to express to you and even to myself, because I am guilty of this too, like don't get me wrong when I get off on these rants that I am not any better. You know, you've heard me in previous episodes where I've talked about needing help, where I've talked about my career as a photographer and a teacher skidding to a halt actually after years of putting, you know, time and money into it. I am just the same as you, but what I'm trying to sort of gleam from all of this stuff is just ways that we can help each other. And the number one thing is, is that we have to take initiative. We have to take risk and jump ahead with opportunities that basically enable a win-win situation. So, you know, you don't want to be giving your photos away. You want to be building relationships from companies and events and people that can actually help you in return. And that goes the same with if you're helping people get events or photo jobs, make sure that they help you in return. If you're just simply recommending people and they're just sucking it up, maybe not do that. I don't know. But again, You have to take the initiative. So when you see an event coming up that you think you're skilled for, do it. Make the networks. Go out and meet people. Zoom it because, you know, COVID is a thing now. So go out and email people, write articles, take pictures, use your portfolio and help the community become the photographer in your community and you will be recognized not now, maybe later But you have to build up that body of work. So with that being said, thank you for listening to me rant on about all of this. And I'll talk to you again next week.